This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parshas Rei. Of course, we know this coming Shabbos and Sunday. Habaleinu Lataiva is Rosh Chodesh Elul. Elul is the sixth month of the year. Sixth month of the year, but as we know, it's the month of preparation for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Yom Naraim. And we learned a number of weeks ago a great principle from the Shlach HaKadosh. The Shlach HaKadosh told us that the order of the weeks, the order of the weeks, before we, before we begin, we just want to announce also that uh, the Shir this evening was sponsored by a very generous individual who asked me to say that the Shir is being sponsored by Elioha Anavi. Okay? Now, the similarity between Elio Anavi and the sponsor is that they come when you least expect it with a great Basura Taiva. So this morning, we were stuck without a sponsor, and just like Elio Anavi, this angel, this Shlech of Hashem came, and he uh, is dedicating the Shir, and we wish him Bracha Vahatzlacha and all of his Inyanim, and the Barnsham should bless him with all of his needs. Yemali Hashem Komashalos Libcha Lataiva. Okay. Okay. So we're all familiar. Chaydash Elul is approaching. Shabbos Sunday is Merz Hashem Rosh Chaydash Elul, and we know the Shlach Kadosh told us that the parshios of the week, the parshios that we we read each week, are not haphazard. They're not coincidental. It's not just we happen to read a certain parsha this week and the next week, but there is a close connection between the parsha of the week and the time of the year. Even though if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara only makes mention of certain parshios. We have to lane Nitzavim before Rosh Hashanah. We have to lane B'chukaisai before Shavuos. Nevertheless, says the Shlach HaKadosh, every single parsha is relevant to that time of the year. And therefore, what we'd like to investigate is what does Parshas Re'eh have to tell us about the month of Elul that is approaching. We're all familiar, of course, with the Pasuk in Shashirim. Ani ledaidi vedaidi li. I am for my beloved, and my beloved is for me. And of course we know, this is one of the famous Ramazim to the month of Elul. Ani ledaidi vedaidi li is Rashi Tevai spells out in its first letters, Elul. Ani Aleph ledaidi lamid vedaidi vav li lamid. It spells out the month of Elul. And in fact, the Mishnah Brewer tells us that this Pasuk, Ani L'daidi V'daidi Li, is Rashi Tevis Elul. And if you take the last letter of each of these four words, Yud, 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 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus 10 equals 40. This represents the 40 days from Rosh Chodesh Elul all the way until Yom Kippur. What is the connection between Ani L'daidi V'daidi Li and the month of Elul? If we are close to Hashem during this month, during this 40-day period, then certainly God will respond in kind and come close to us and accept our tshuva. Ani l'daidi v'daidi li, I am for my beloved and my beloved for, is for me. And the question we need to ask ourselves is that there would have been many, many ways to hint and symbolize the month of Elul. The pastor could have said, Ani l'ashem v'ashem li. It could have said, Ani l'akel v'kel li. Could have said Ani Lelo Kim Vilay Kim Vilay Lo Kim Li. And of all the 
descriptions of God. We know God has many names. Hashem, Tzivakos, Elohim, right? Many, Kael. We, we do not use any of the seven names of God. Instead, we use the appellation Dodi, my beloved. I am for my beloved and my beloved is for me. And the question we need to ask is, why is Chodesh Elul specifically alluded to in this terminology, in this phraseology, Ani l'daydi v'daydili? Okay. The Gemara in Brachos tells us, Adaf Chavav, and this is quoted on your sheets in number 20, Amar Rabbi Yavahu, Makayim Shabale Tshuva Aimdin, Tzadikim Gemurim Einam Aimdin. In a place where Bali Tshuva stand. Now when, when the Gemara uses the phrase Bali Tshuva, <coughs> excuse me, there is no discussion, okay? Where the Torah, when the, where a place where Bali Tshuva stand, where Bali Tshuva stand, Tzadikim Gemurim do not stand. In other words, they don't hand, st- uh, stand close, they don't come close to to, tzadi, to Bali Tshuva when the Gemara uses the expression Bali Tshuva, it doesn't mean someone who grew up not from, someone who grew up without keeping Torah, um, Torah Mitzvot the terminology Bali Tshuva means someone who started off perhaps sinning upon occasion and they've made the decision to return and not to sin in that, in that way again, that's what it means about Tshuva, says the Gemara in a place where you have Bali Tshuva, if you would put on a spiritual scale Bali Tshuva and FFB, so to speak, someone who is always from, someone who is always Shamar Torah Mitzvot, in a place that Bali Tshuva stand, even Tzadikim Gemurim cannot come close. Gemara doesn't make any sense. Why, why should that be? Here you have a tzaddik Gamar. His whole life, he's learning Torah, he's learning Torah, he's doing mitzvot. He never sinned in his life. For the last 70 years, he learns Dafyomi, Be'ion, Gemara, Rashi, Taisvis, the Rish, the, the Rush, the Rif, the Rambam, Shulchan Aruch, the Torah, the Beis Yosef. And you have one guy, he grew up who knows where. He can't even read the Aleph base. And at the end of his life, he becomes about Shuba. He's greater than a tzaddik Gamar. How could he be greater in any way at all than a tzaddik Gamar? In what way is he greater? In w- even in w- what dimension? What does the Gemara mean? What does the Gemara mean? <coughs> the Gemara mean? <coughs> when you think about the Yomim Narayim, think a little bit about Yom Kippur. Very interesting that on Yom Kippur, of course, we know we say Vidoy. Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu. And the thing is, we're so used to it, we don't realize how strange it is. But you know, you come to a shul, especially in the Ashkenazic shuls, and you know, how do we say Oshamnu? Oshamnu, Bogadnu, right? Very snappy. Gazalnu, Dibarnu, Doifi. We have a whole niggin, we make a song out of it. It's like a joke, right? It's imagine a guy comes into the shul, he gets up to the bima. I stole, yeah, I murdered, yeah, and I committed adultery, right? Ay, 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 ay. That's, that's how we say vidoy. That's how we say vidoy, right? And I robbed, and I don't learn a word, and I speak Lashon Hara, ay, 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 right? And I'm texting during the shear, and I'm texting during davening, and I only came, right? That's what we're doing. What are we doing? What in the world? I can understand if you say, you know, Ashamnu, Bogadnu, you know, like the Yechatun. 
you know, you're mourning over your sins. But here we're like, we think of a nice snappy tune and we stick in some ay well, What in the world are we doing? That's the tune we pick for the, uh, for the vidui. doesn't make any sense. Okay. The Medrash Tanchuma on Parshas Hazinu tells us something that many people are unaware of. The Medrash asks a contradiction. It says the Medrash in number four. Ksiv, it says in one place, Yisa Hashem Panov Eilecha. God will turn His face away from you. In other words, God will look the other way. He'll ignore your sins. That's what one Pasuk says. That God will look away and ignore your sins. Because of Echad and there's another Pasuk. Asher lo yisa panim. God will never look away. You sin, you know, that's it. God will never forget it. So we have a contradiction. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, God will turn the other cheek, so to speak. God will turn away. And one Pasuk says, God will never turn away. Says the Medrash, Oisa tshuva panim. If you do tshuva, God will turn away. God will ignore your sin. But if you don't do tshuva, you're in trouble. Because God will never forget it. That's what the Medrash says. You do tshuva, forgiven. You don't do tshuva, you're in trouble. Says the Medrash, I would think anyone could do tshuva. Not only could Yankel do tshuva, not only could Beryl do tshuva, but maybe Tony could do tshuva also. Maybe, you know, you're, maybe your Italian barber could also do tshuva. Maybe anyone could, maybe Goyim could do tshuva. Says the Medrash, Tamad Loimar Eilecha, only you, Veloy Luma Meyakum, but no Goyim, Goyim cannot do tshuva. Azoizak, the Medrash, that's what the Medrash tells us. Jews could do tshuva, Goyim cannot do tshuva. Why should that be? Why should that be? After all, what is tshuva? By the way, first let me tell you what tshuva is not. You know, Yom Naram comes, so people start, they feel bad about themselves, they feel guilty, so they open up the checkbook and they write out a check. And they think that you give money to tzedakah, that's tshuva. That has nothing to do with tshuva. We still accept the checks, but that is not tshuva. That's not tshuva. Tshuva means, right? Tshuva means you have to do four things. Number one, vidoy. You have to say you sinned. You have to recite, you have to say, I sinned. You have to say to God you sinned. Number two, charate. You have to regret your sin. Number three, azivas hachet. Stop sinning, right? Stop sinning. That's the hardest part. It's very easy to say, God, you know, I sinned and I really feel bad. But so long as you continue to sin, that's like you're going to the mikvah and you're still holding on to the rat. Right? Imagine a guy, he's, he goes into the mikvah, mikvah holding on to the rat. So, he can never be, be taival, he can never become tahar because he's still holding on to the thing that makes him tameh. So long as a person continues to do a certain sin, can't do tshuva from that sin. And of course, you know, Kabbalah ala said you need to commit not to do it again. But why is it that only Jews could do tshuva? Goyim could say to God, God, I sinned, I'll never do it again. And God could see their sincerity. Tshuva does not work for Goyim. And in fact, if we could say such a thing, this is how we paskin. Tshuva does not work for Goyim. The Sefer Beis Elohim, Beis Elohim was written by the Mabit, Rav Moshe Mitrani. If you go to Tzvas today, you'll see the kever of the Arizal. And next to the kever of the Arizal, you'll see the kever of the Ramak, Rav Moshe Cordovero. And next to that, is the kever of the Mabit, Rav Moshe Mitrani. The Mabit wrote an authoritative work on tshuva called Beis Elohim. 
And in the base of Lekim, the Mabid Paskins, Iker HaTshuva Li Yisrael. Tshuva is primarily for the Jewish people. Also, good question. Question is, if Goyim cannot do Tshuva, how did the people of Ninveh do Tshuva? I will refer you to the Sefer Oros Yimei Harachamim, page Kufnun, for that question. Okay, but we're not going to get involved in that today. But it's a very excellent question. Also, there's the Ramami Pano. Who is the Ramami Pano? Rav Menachem Azariah Mipano. Rav Menachem Azariah was one of the early Italian Mikubalim. In fact, Rav Menachem Pano was such an authoritative figure, he was a very wealthy man, that Maran Bet Yosef entrusted Ramam Mipano with the manuscripts of Beis Yosef. He sent it from Eretz Yisrael to Italy, and he wanted Ramam Mipano to publish it in his printing press. This is Ramam Mipano. Says Ramam Mipano, Tshuva is only for Klal Yisrael. Why? Why could only Jewish people do tshuva? Goyim cannot do tshuva. Why? What's the difference? They both could say vidoy. They both could have charata. They both could stop sinning. They both could accept on themselves not to sin again. Why does tshuva only help for Jews and not for Goyim? Says the Bnei Yisachar. This question is brought up by one of the early svarim called Limude Hashem. And the author of Limude Hashem gives four answers to this question. And we're going to focus on one answer, and this is the answer given by the Chida. Says the Chida. Chida asks, We know God is our King. Avinu Malkeinu. Slachlanu Avinu Kichatanu Machalanu Malkeinu. God is our King. The Gemara in Kedushin tells us that if you do something to a king that the king doesn't like, is the king authorized to be Michael you? Can a king be Michael somebody who sins against him? No. Melech Shemachal al Kvaidai Ein Kvaidai Machal. A king that tries, right? A king wants to be a nice guy. No problem, you sat in my seat. No problem, you spoke in my presence. No. He's not to be Michael. What does the king have to do? Kill the person. Right? Melech Shemachal al Kvaidai Ein Kvaidai Machal. The person is not forgiven. Ask the Chida. If that is the case, how can God ever forgive us for any sins we commit? God is our king, Malkeinu, and a king cannot overlook his honor. Melech shemacha al Says the Chida, you know what the answer is? Because even though God is our king, he is also our father. And av shemacha al a father is allowed to forgive his honor. You know, you come home and your kid's sitting in your chair. He says, Daddy, Tati, can I sit in your seat? You could say yes. Yeah, you could say yes. You could be Michal on your coven. A father is allowed to be Michal on his coven. A king is not allowed to be Michal on his A father is allowed to be Michal on his coven. Says the Chida, you know how tshuva works? The only way for tshuva to work is because God is our father. And a father could overlook the sins that are committed against him. And therefore, says the Chida, why can only Jews do tshuva and Goyim cannot do tshuva? Jews could do tshuva because God is our father and God could overlook our sins because we are God's children. But the Goyim are not the children of God. Right? As politically correct as it is to say, right, we're all God's children, nevertheless, it's not true. We're not all God's children. 
No, we're not all God's children. If you ever hear anyone say we're all the children of God, you tell them no. It's a sheker v'chazav. It's a lie. It's a big lie. Only the Jewish people are the children of God. Yeah. The Goyim, they're God's creations. They're God's handiwork. They are not God's children. Like we say, Banim Atem. Atem v'layla akam. Only Jewish people are God's children. And therefore, says the Chidah, you know why tshuva only helps for Yidin and not for Goyim? Because Jews could come to Hashem and say, God, please overlook the insult. You're our father. When a father overlooks his insult, it's forgiven. But how could Goyim do tshuva? To the Goyim, God's not their father. God's their king. And a king is not authorized to overlook his sin against us. The sin against him. Rabbi Yisai, in the month of Elul, the month that we embark upon the process of tshuva, what is the first piece of information we need to know in order to do tshuva? The first thing we need to know is what we read in this week's parsha. Bonim atem l'ashem We are the children of God. And once we have this idea, once we have this piece of information that Parshas Re'eh teaches us, Parshas Re'eh is often the first parsha we read either directly before Chodesh Elul or the first parsha we read of Chodesh Elul. Hashem is giving you Tshuva 101. What is the first step of Tshuva? How Tshuva works. And how does Tshuva work? God is our Father. Why is God our Father? Because Banim Atem Lashem Elokech. Now we understand what Parshas Re'eh has to do with the month of Elul. Parshas Re'eh is giving us the Hakdama, the introduction to Tshuva. Okay, let us proceed. But let's talk about Tshuva in general. Let's talk about Tshuva. We know there are two types of Tshuva. You look in the Gemara and Yuma, that Pevav Amid Beis, take a look at number 11. Reish Lakish made two statements. Okay, listen to this. Reish Lakish got up in the base Medrash, he went to the Bima, he said, Rabbi Sai, I want to tell you something. Tshuva is so great... Intentional sins are downgraded to be considered inadvertent sins. You hear that? Let's say a person intentionally <coughs> ate trace. He went to McDonald's. And then he wants to do tshuva. Says Vishlakish, tshuva is so great that it takes an intentional sin and it turns it, it downgrades it to, you know, a lower class of sin. Intentional sins are downgraded to accidental sins. Right? If we look in our spiritual account, and we would see, you know, a person has certain intentional sins, if they do tshuva, they're downgraded to inadvertent sins. Right? You know, let's say an intentional sin gets you 10 points on your license. Right? An unintentional sin is like 5 points on the license. Says Reish Lakish, look what tshuva is. Tshuva could downgrade an intentional sin from 10 points to 5 points, right? From a $300 fine to a $150 fine, okay? The only problem is, on a different occasion, Rish Lakish got up in the base matters, he gave a different Russian. He said like this, Tshuva is so great, Shezedonos Nasaslo Kizachuyos. Tshuva is so great that sins are transformed into mitzvahs. So if you had 10 points on your license, when you do tshuva, you get money back from the insurance company, right? Your intentional sins are transformed into mitzvahs. 
So we have a contradiction here. One day, Rish Lakish comes into the base matter, she says, when you do tshuva, the sin is downgraded. Another day, he comes into the base matter, and he says, the sin is completely uprooted, and in its place, Hashem gives you a mitzvah. It's a major contradiction. How do you reconcile this contradiction? What does tshuva do? Does it downgrade, or does it transform Averos into mitzvahs? Says the Gemara, it depends what kind of tshuva you do. Depends why you do the tshuva. If you do tshuva because you're afraid that if you're going to come to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with Averos, who knows what's, what's going to happen. Maybe your finances will be affected. Maybe your health will be affected. And you're afraid. That's not a full-fledged tshuva. That tshuva is called tshuva miyira. Tshuva out of fear. Tshuva out of fear downgrades the sin. But what if you do tshuva because you say, Hashem, I love you so much. You're my creator. I want to do tshuva because I love you. Someone who does tshuva may ahava. The averos are transformed into mitzvahs. That's what the Gemara tells us. If you do tshuva out of fear, the sin is downgraded. You do tshuva out of love, the sin disappears, and in its place, God gives a mitzvah. In fact, on Rosh Hashanah we say, right? You take out the merin, the carrots, God, give us more merits, more mitzvahs. What kind of chutzpah is it to ask God? God, give us more merit. What do you mean give us more? You want more merit? You know, open up your Gemara and, you know, maybe learn a word. Well, how could you ask God, give us more merit? You want merit? Go do a mitzvah. Well, how can you ask Hashem, give us more merits? You ever, you ever realize that? We're too busy thinking about the pomegranates, you know? To, to understand what we're saying. What in the world are we asking Hashem? Give us more mitzvahs. God says, mitzvahs? That's not in my, you know, that's not my department. That's your department. You're the one who has to do the mitzvahs. God can't make us do mitzvahs. Says the Tairas Chaim, quote number 15. What we're asking God is, God, help us reach the level of doing tshuva out of love. Because if we do tshuva out of love, all the sins we've committed will be transformed into mitzvahs. That's what we're asking Hashem. God, help us. Give us siyata deshmaya. Give us heavenly assistance. That when we do tshuva during this season, the tshuva shouldn't be because we're afraid. The tshuva should be because we love you, Hashem. <clears throat> Very interesting. The Gemara tells us in the Sechta Rosh Hashanah that on Rosh Hashanah we blow the shofar two times. One... Before the Shema Nasrei, and one during the repetition of the Shema Nasrei. Ask the Gemara, why do we blow the shofar twice? Number 16 says the Gemara, we're trying to confuse the Satan. We're trying to confuse the Satan, right? Why? How? What are we doing? What do you mean confuse the Satan? Says Rashi, when the Satan sees that we don't just blow shofar one time, we blow so many time after time after time, the Satan's going to say, oh my! Look how many mitzvahs they do. Look how much they love to do mitzvahs. I'm out of here. I'm not going to prosecute against these people. They love to do mitzvahs too much. That's what Rashi says. That's why we blow the shofar so many times. We're trying to confuse the satan. We want the satan to see how much we love mitzvahs. Now the satan's going to say, Oh, they love mitzvahs so much. Okay, I'm out of here. You know, I'm going to go play golf or something. Right? We're going to confuse the satan. Asks Rabbi Akiva Eger. Okay? This is not printed in Chidushe Rebbe Kivegar. This is printed in the official biography of Rebbe Kivegar. Ask Rebbe Kivegar, what in the world is Rashi talking about? 
when the Satan sees how much we love mitzvot, he's not going to prosecute. Just the opposite. If the Satan sees how much we love to do mitzvot, he should prosecute even more. He should work harder. He should get to the bottom of things. Why would the Satan run away when he sees how much we love mitzvot? Just the opposite. The more the Satan sees how much we love mitzvot, he should prosecute even more. Says Rabbi Kiveger. The Satan was about to come to God with a big laundry list of sins. This sin, that sin, a thousand sins. He was about to hand it to God. And then the Satan sees, uh-oh, look how much they love doing mitzvot. Oh, they're serving Hashem out of Ahava, out of love. Then maybe they're doing tshuva me'ahava. And if they do tshuva out of love, then all the Averos I'm about to report to God, all this whole laundry list, they're going to turn into mitzvot. So I better take the laundry list, burn it, rip it up, and scatter it in the seven seas. The Satan sees that if Klal Yisrael is serving Hashem me'ahava, he can't report, he can't prosecute. Because just the opposite. The more he's going to prosecute, the more he's going to create an advocacy for Klai Yisrael. So when, when the Satan sees that Klai Yisrael blows, not only before the Shemana Esra, but after the Shemana Esra, and he sees how much we love to serve Hashem, the Satan is frightened that we are serving Hashem Eava, he's not going to report any of the Chatoim. Says the Chassam Soifer, here you have a guy... Here you have a guy. He went to McDonald's. He ate a cheeseburger. Now he's doing tshuva. But he's doing tshuva me'ahava. Listen to this. What does that mitzvah turn into? Right? Here, a minute ago, the guy ate treif. But now he's doing tshuva me'ahava. Says the chsam soifer in the drashas. Now his eating of that cheeseburger turns into... Like the Achila of the Karben Pesach in Yerushalayim. The Avera that he did is transformed into a mitzvah. Chassam Soifer writes, Tafla Vafela, look at number 22. His sins turn into mitzvahs. And any kezayis, any olives amount of food, of treif that he ate, it's as if he ate the carbon Pesach in Yerushalayim. That's if you do Tshuva Me'ahava. If we just do Tshuva Me'ira, we're afraid. If we're just afraid, so then it's downgraded. But if we do Tshuva Me'ahava, it's considered as if we ate from the carbon Pesach. Says the Chida, a number... 19, number 21, says the Chida. That's what the Gemara means. You know what that means? Here you have a nice tzaddik, his whole life. What did he do already? He learned Gemara all day and all night. So what mitzvahs does he have? Talis, tefillin, all the mitzvahs. But he doesn't have the mitzvah of eating a cheeseburger that turned into Achilles Karman Pesach. He doesn't have the mitzvah of speaking Lashon Hara that is transformed into a mitzvah of like Dvarim Shel He doesn't have all the mitzvahs that are recreated from the Averos that he did. Tzadikim Gemurim don't have those mitzvahs. Says the Chida, in a way, a person who does tshuva is superior to someone who never sinned. Because someone who does tshuva may ahava 
all of the sins that he committed are transformed to mitzvos that tzaddikim can never attain. And we'll elaborate on that soon. Okay. We have a very frightening Gemara. Raise your cape by a show of hands. Tshuva works for every Avera. Yes or no? No. No. The answer is no. The answer is no. The answer is no. Tshuva does not work for every Avera. In fact, most Averos, Tshuva cannot work for. That's a Gemara. Listen to this. The Gemara says in Yuma, there are four categories of sin. Category number one, someone who did not fulfill a mitzvah saseh. That's the lowest level. Let's say one day a person didn't put on tefillin. Someone didn't eat in the sukkah, on sukkahs. Someone did, wore a four-cornered garment without tzitzis. Says the Gemara, you do tshuva, you're immediately forgiven. You don't need anything else. No other ingredients, no suffering, not, nothing else needed. Immediate. Right? You do the tshuva, Eino zaz mikan, says the Gemara, you don't move from there. Ad until God forgives you. However, the Gemara continues. This is the Gemara Numa Pevavam and Alf number 12. What if someone violated a lav, a losase, someone wore shatness, someone ate trace, someone spoke Lashon Hara? Does tshuva work? Eh, eh, no. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Tshuva Thailand? Tshuva suspends judgment. Yom Kippur Mechaper. You need tshuva to push off the judgment until Yom Kippur and then Yom Kippur will atone. Tshuva, Yom Kippur. Any lav in the Torah, tshuva alone does not work. You need tshuva and Yom Kippur. Gemara continues. What if someone violated chayve krisos? Something that your chayv carries for. Chametz on Pesach. Nida. Shabbos. Does tshuva work? No, sorry. Does Yom Kippur work? No, too bad. Tshuva suspends judgment. Yom Kippur suspends judgment. You need Yisurim, the Gemara says. Hardship. Hardships in life. Afflictions. Frightening a very scary Gemara. Right? Can't beat around the bush. This is what the Gemara tells us. Tshuva does not work for Kritos. Tshuva does not... Yom Kippur doesn't work for Kritos. Yisurim. Says the Gemara... But there's something even worse. Chilol Hashem. Someone who desecrated the name of God. Now, by the way, what is Chilol Hashem? Everyone thinks, well, Chilol Hashem is when you're in second grade and you're going on a trip to great adventures and you accident, you know, you throw the paper out of the window of the bus. Oh, you're making a Chilol Hashem. Everyone thinks Chilol Hashem is for Goyim. No, no, sorry. Chilol Hashem, that's like, you know what Chilol Hashem is? Chilol Hashem is when you do an Avera and you stand to gain nothing. If you want to rob your friend, okay, at least you get money out of it. You want to, you know, you want to eat shreif, at least you got a good meal. That's not a chil Hashem. Says around them, you know what chil Hashem is? Lashon Hara is chil Hashem. What do you get out of it? What do you get out of it? Right? You get bigger muscles. You get more money. You don't get anything out of it. That's chil Hashem. Says the Gemara, chil Hashem. Tshuva, does tshuva work? No. Yom Kippur, does Yom Kippur work? Sorry. How about afflictions? No, not that either. Ad yoyim misa. Not until the final day. Very scary Gemara. Day of death. Right? 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 Dying. That's not a good thing, by the way. 
Right? Very scary Gemara. Right? Tshuva does not work for the majority of sins. That's what the Gemara tells us openly. There's no machlokis about it. This is not, you know, Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, Chasidim. This is Gemara, black and white, with no machlokis. No machlokis. Comes the Minchas Chinuch. Comes the Chida. And they give us a tremendous opening of hope. Says the Chida. Says the Minchas Chinuch. You don't need death. You don't even need Yisurim. You don't even need Yom Kippur. There's a way to do tshuva that the tshuva gets rid of every single Avera. How is that? Says the Minchas When the Gemara says that tshuva doesn't work for Lavin, for Lav Sheyishbo Kares, for Chil Hashem, that's when you do tshuva out of fear. Because when you do tshuva out of fear, it's not a full tshuva. There's still a remnant of the sin. Right? After all, it's downgraded, right? From the ten points to the five points. So since the sin is downgraded, but it's not, doesn't disappear, is not going to do it. Yeah, it'll do it for an assay. It will not do it for a lav. It won't do it for a krisos. It will not do it for chal Hashem. Says the minchas chinoch. Says the chida. But if you do tshuva out of love, out of ahava, then of course the tshuva takes care of it by itself. Why? Because if the Avera is transformed into a mitzvah, if the eating of the treif becomes like eating the Karim Pesach, if the Chilol Shabbos becomes like upholding the Shabbos, if the Chilol Hashem is transformed into Kiddush Hashem, if when a person does Tshuva out of Ava, any Avera he did is transformed into a mitzvah, you don't need any other ingredient besides Tshuva. Tshuva can take care of the whole thing. Says the Chidah number 13. Kasvu ha-mefarshim ha-shav me'ahava take-off meskabel. When you do tshuva out of love, the tshuva is accepted immediately. You don't need Yom Kippur. You don't need Yisurim. You don't need Nisa. Says the Chidah, the logic is very simple. Because since the mitzvahs, since the Averos are transformed into mitzvahs, the Avera is 100% uprooted, washed away, and replaced. Menchazchenach says the same thing. Menchazchenach says, number 14, Nirali, ha de tshuva lechod enam This that we say tshuva does not help for serious sins. Hainu tshuva miyira. That the intentional sins are transformed to mitzvahs. Tshuva can help for any Avera. Says the Tzfaris Yisrael. Now we understand. Comes Yom Kippur. And hopefully, with the help of Hashem, we've reached the Madrega of Tshuva Me'ahava. So guess what? Baruch Hashem, we sinned. Because all those sins are being transformed into mitzvahs. Thank goodness, you know, we were treacherous. All of that treachery is now being turned into mitzvahs. It's a good thing we robbed so many banks. Because all of that gizela is being transformed into mitzvahs. All of that Lashon Hara. Now it's not easy to do tshuva. You've got to do the tshuva. But that is why, says the Tzfaras Yisrael in his last comment on Masech the Tainus in number 19, V'nir Ali, 
That's why our custom is to sing the Vidoy. Why? We should be mourning. You know, no, no. No. Omnam hularames shekulam nebchul zchiyais. It's a remez that they are all going to be transformed into mitzvahs. So therefore, Rabbi Yisrael, when it comes to the season of tshuva, season of Elul, what kind of tshuva are we aiming for? We're aiming for tshuva me'ava. Tshuva me'ira, it's wonderful. But if you want to really have a clean slate, what we're aiming for is tshuva me'ava. In fact, we explained that b'makam shabali tshuva oindim, sadikim gemurim enam oindim, in a place where tzadi, where bali tshuva stands, sadikim don't come close. Explains the Dovna Magid. He says like this: You have a guy. He has a very, he has a beautiful daughter, and he's a very wealthy man. And he's looking for a chassan for his daughter, and he chooses a nice guy from a poor family. And he speaks to the father of this guy, and he says, "Look." I'm a wealthy man, I'll take care of everything. Flaps, right? I'll pay for the flowers, the liquor, the orchestra, the photographer. I'll even pay for three sheitlach. And I'll even buy your son a menorah and an esrog box and cuffling, whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. And I'll even pay for the meal. I'll pay for the meal. And he can even go to you for yomtev. He doesn't even have to come to me. <laughs> the only thing I ask of you is that when your son shows up to the chasana, you better buy him a nice suit. That's the only thing you need to pay for. He said, really, I appreciate it so much. How can I ever repay you? You can pay for everything, the food, the, the liquor, everything. Everything is covered. But you want me to buy the suit? That's all? Just the suit. He said, I, lo- I can't even afford a suit. He said, don't worry. Just buy the nicest suit you could afford. And if you buy that, I'll be happy. The shidduch will be beautiful. And we'll get, right? And we'll, they'll live happily ever after. They're driving to the chasana on the horse and buggy, and you know, the horse hits a pothole. The chasana goes flying out into a pile of mud. He rips the suit. The suit is all muddy, and he shows up the chasana with the one item that his family had to buy, and the suit was all, you know, disgusting. So the father is all embarrassed. He goes to the other, the father, and he says, Look, you know, I'm really sorry. I did buy a beautiful suit, but look what happened. It's not my fault. So he said, no problem. All I wanted you to do is buy the nicest suit you could. Now that you did that, now I'll kick in. But when I buy the suit, it's not going to be from Shlomi's uh, Shlumpy Tailors. It's going to be from, you know, the most exquisite suit company in New York. What? Yeah. Whatever. And sure enough, the father buys the most magnificent, magnificent suit. Says the Dovna Magid. You could be a tzaddik Amr, right? Raise your hand if you're a tzaddik Amr, right? Anyone? No? Even a tzaddik Amr, even a tzaddik, even a complete tzaddik, can anyone claim that even one time in their life they davened one Shemayna Esrei with complete kavana for every word? Even a tzaddik Amr. Chavetz Chaim writes, you won't even find a tzaddik that could claim that they davened a complete Shemayna Esrei with perfect kavana. Can anyone claim they've ever done any mitzvah perfectly? Even tefillin. Did you have the right thoughts? Was it besimcha? Was it perfectly kalacha? Even a tzaddik gomer will never be able to perform a perfect mitzvah. But there's one way to get a perfect mitzvah. And that is when we're not the ones paying for the mitzvah. When the wealthiest being is the one who's supplying the mitzvah. 
if we do tshuva me'ahava, tshuva out of love, and we're transforming the averos into mitzvahs, God says, now when I give you the mitzvah, it's not your type of mitzvah. It's not your, you know, shvacha shlumpy mitzvah, with, you know, without enough joy, without enough concentration, without every dikta kalacha. It's my mitzvah, what I consider a mitzvah. When a person does tshuva me'ahava, now the mitzvah is being supplied by God. And when God supplies the mitzvah, He will supply the most exquisite, majestic mitzvah possible. Says the Dumne Magen. This is what it means. Where you have a Baal Tshuva who returns to God out of love, no one holds a candle. You know why? Because his mitzvahs are being supplied by God. And when God supplies the mitzvah, nothing could compare to that. Says the Chida, the month of Elul is coming. And in the month of Elul, what kind of tshuva are we trying to do? Tshuva me'ahava. And what happens when we do tshuva me'ahava? If we do tshuva me'ahava, you don't need any yisurim. Right? You don't even need Yom Kippur. You don't need anything. You just need tshuva. Says the That is why the month of Elul is alluded to. Ani l'daydi. When I am for my beloved... Not I'm for Elohim, who we're afraid of. Not for Yudke Vavke that we want Hashem to have on us. Ani Lidoidi. When I am for my beloved, when I am returning to God, may I have a, because I love Him. That's the kind of tshuva we're hoping for. Then Vidoidili, God is for me immediately. God doesn't say, you know what? Let's wait till Yom Kippur. God doesn't say, let's wait until, you know. Something bad had God says, that's it, immediately. The second a person says, I want to return to God because I love Him, immediately, like the Minchas Chinuch says, like the Chidah says, that we don't need any other ingredients, we don't need any other factors. Rabbi say, easier said than done. What exactly does it mean to do tshuva me'ahava? How do you love Hashem, right? So I'm here tonight to correct a very common misnomer. And many people think to be on the level of avas Hashem, of love of God, you need to be a tremendous tzaddik. You need to be someone maybe who sits in his four cubits and learns Torah all day and says to Hillam and his heart is yearning for God. No, it's not true. Says the Vilna Gain, every child could be taught avas Hashem. How do we know this? You know how we know? Because it's a mitzvah in the Torah. The Yohavta is Hashem need Right? We say it every day, twice a day. You have to love Hashem. So I have a question. We say, We say there's a mitzvah to put on tefillin. So that mitzvah, we do. We say there's a mitzvah to put on tzitzis, we do that. We say there's a mitzvah to sin we do that. We say there's a mitzvah to love God. Could someone tell me, when do we ever do that? I'm going to tell you something very frightening. You could be an observant Jew and never once in your life fulfill the mitzvah of love your God. You can have many from people. Yeah, they could even learn dafyomi. And even so, you could go your whole life and never fulfill the mitzvah of love Hashem. Okay, now I'm going to tell you. How do you fulfill the mitzvah of loving Hashem? So the Mishnah Bura says, when you say Shema... And you say the words, 
that God says you're commanded to love Hashem, you should think, you know what, yeah, I actually, I do love Hashem. But you know, during Shema, people are on the go. You know, you got to say it very quickly. Sometimes people do not always think, you know. So I'll tell you what, Rabbi Victor Miller, Zechitzak Devracha, always used to say. Rabbi Miller used to say, you come home tonight, go into your closet, don't let anyone hear me, hear you. And you're in your closet, you're in your living room, no one's around. If anyone's around you, it's dangerous. They might report you, they might institutionalize you. But if once no one's listening, you say, I love you, Hashem. So the first time you say it, you know, you'll feel a little funny. I love you. You know, you'll feel a little uncomfortable. But Chavis Havavis teaches us. Your thoughts are drawn after your words. People feel what they say. When you say something, you begin to feel it. You say it again. You say it well, again. No one can hear you. No, you need to. You know, make believe you're on the cell phone. You know, you make believe you're making a phone call. Long distance phone call. Hashem, I love you. Now you say, what do you mean uh, I love you, Hashem? Why? Why, how, why, why do I love Hashem? Masil Susharam says, take a look in number 24. Says in Masil Susharam, the love of Hashem, the zois vaday she'ahava zois the love of God is not dependent on anything. We don't love Hashem because He gives us money, because He gives us health. You know why we love God? Look on the bottom line. Like a child loves his father. Why does a child love his father? Not because of this or because of that. He loves his father. It's natural. It's a natural feeling. Mamish. It is a natural feeling. Every Jew naturally loves God. The only thing is, you can't be Mekayim, the mitzvah, unless you start to feel it. Why does every Jew naturally love God? Says in the Silas Yisharim, Halayhu Avicha. Because he's your father. Says the Chavetz Chaim. To love Hashem doesn't mean you walk around all day long with the love of God on your mind. That's not what it means. That's the big tzaddik. That's the vekos. Love of God means sometimes, once a day even, you think you love Hashem. That's Avas Hashem. Why does the person love Hashem? Because He's our Father. Comes Parshas Re'eh. And Parshas Re'eh says, I know Elul is coming. And I know what the Chidah has taught us. That in order to embark on the true path of tshuva, it needs to be anila doidi. You need to do tshuva out of ava because we love Hashem. So therefore, Parsha Sreya teaches us, Banim atem l'Hashem elokechem. You know how you'll come to do tshuva me'ava when you recognize that we are God's children, and that will help you bring out the natural ava that we all have. We're not faking ourselves. We all have it. Mayim amukim eitza belevish. The Pasuk Mishlei says, every Jew has an endless source of wisdom. Deep, deep down in your heart, you, deep down in your heart, you have an endless source of love of Hashem. The only thing is, it's very deep. V'yish chacham yidlena. You need to draw it up. You need to bring it out. Bring, how do you bring it out? You say it. You say it. You love Hashem. 
And if a person, as he embarks on the path of tshuva, thinks he's doing tshuva, of course we're doing tshuva out of fear. Right? Let's not kid ourselves. Doing tshuva out of fear is also a big mistake. But you sprinkle in one grain of ahava. You've transformed your entire tshuva process. You're now one out of a million. When Rosh Hashanah comes, and God, you know, every Jew stands in front of God in judgment. Ah, oh, this guy's afraid of me. That guy's afraid of me. This guy. Whoa, Yankel. I see Yankel. He's already on a different level. He has one grain of ahava. Oh, Yankel, come with me. You, you know... You have a special place. You have a special place. When a person is able to think during the course of his tshuva, that he's doing tshuva me'ava, that will transform his entire process. Very interesting. There's a sefer, I'm not going to say it in English, that's quoted in the sefer Lekach Tov. The name of the sefer is Saviv Shulchanoi Shel Hamagid. That's the name of the sefer. Around the maggot's table, right? <laughs> so there's a story about a kid who's playing at the beach on the seashore, and all the other kids are pre- playing frisbee, you know, near the street. And this kid, you know, he's standing right next to the water. And a guy comes over to him, and he says, Listen, you know, why don't you play with your other friends? You know, go play frisbee with them. He said, No, I have to do something very important. You see my flag over here? I need to wave this flag at the ship that's going to be sailing in the middle of the sea that as soon as the ship comes directly opposite me, I'm going to wave my flag at him. So I said, what are you, crazy? How do you know that there's going to be a ship that's going to sail directly opposite you? He said, the kid says, not only is the ship going to sail directly opposite me, but as soon as I wave my flag at the captain of the ship, the captain of the ship is going to wave his flag back at me. So the, he said, what are you talking about? First of all, the captain of the ship could not care less whether you're here or not. You don't even know he's coming. And he's not even going to see you. And even if he sees you, why would he pay attention to you? The kid said, you know how I know the captain of the ship is coming. And you know how I know if the captain of the ship passes by, he's going to wave his flag back at me. Because the captain of the ship is my father. <laughs> Says the Mishabura, Ani Ladaidi. How can we be sure that if we make the first effort to do tshuva me'ava, that the Rebani Shalom will respond in kind? The answer is, Banim Atem Hashem Elekechem. We are God's children. And if we take the first step to do tshuva me'ava, anila daidi, we can be sure God will respond in kind. V'daidi li, that is Chodesh Elo. Rabbi Sai, two very short announcements. Three very short announcements before we conclude. Number one, the learning tonight should be the Zeicher Nishmas. They made a, a generous donation to the Shul. The Zeicher Nishmasam. The Nishmasam should bless them. The Nishmasam should be a male for the whole Mishpacha. Rabbi Sai, in the coming season we're making a new Takana. And that is, starting September 5th, when the new Shir begins... All electronic devices need to be turned off. No vibrate, off. No, someone has an emergency, they need to check in first to get the emergency approved. All, all electronic devices need to be turned off. Number two, the next two weeks, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to meet. September 5th, we resume our schedule of shiurim. And let me assure you, there is no one looking forward to September 5th more than myself. 
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.